Hi, I'm Candace Huber, and you're listening to Novel Ideas on WRBH, a weekly discussion of all things literary. This week is going to be our writing tips edition. We did our first one of these last month, and we talked about dialogue. And so this week, we're going to talk about world building, which is another uh, topic that a lot of writers ask a lot of questions about. And especially in my case, in editing and in publishing, I work a lot with fantasy and science fiction books, and world building is a really big deal in those books. In a lot of cases, setting drives the story, especially in fantasy books, uh, but also in sci-fi books, I think setting is a really big deal. And so I am going to talk a little bit about world building and my tips from an editing perspective on how to be good at world building and what to think about when you're building worlds, any kind of worlds, whether you're writing science fiction or fantasy or not. I think that world building is really an essential part of any story. I think setting is really important because when it fails, you know, the whole story can really become pointless especially in science fiction and fantasy. You have to you have to make sure that you succeed in your world building and in your setting. So these are some things to think about when you're world building. So first of all, what is the basic infrastructure of your world? I think that a lot of people kind of gloss over this because they don't think it's important. But things like what do they eat? You know, how how do they eat? And, you know, in this world, are there different groups that have different kinds of food? You know, who, how do they get around? What is the transportation of the world? And, you know, you're, you have to create, you know, not just a society and groups that interact with each other, but you also have to create an economy for your world. You know, what are the jobs in your world? What do people work? How do people make a living? Is there money? Is there not money? If there's not money, then what do people trade and how does that all work? And, you know, especially if you are creating some sort of hierarchy or structure in your world where there are oppressed groups and not oppressed groups, there has to be a reason for that. Or is your world a utopia where there are no oppressed groups? I think all of these things are things that you have to think about when you're world building. You know, maybe everyone eats you know, grass, maybe there's, you know, your only source of, you know, plant life because you're in this dystopian world where all plant life has died. So your only source is by, you know, the one source of water that's over somewhere that people have to migrate to. All of these things will affect your story and will affect your world. And I think that there are a lot of books that spend or a lot of writers that spend a lot of time building up the societies of their world and they create these sort of elaborate social structures and these elaborate societies, but the realities of their world aren't there. So food, shelter, clothing, jobs, day-to-day life, you know, I think a lot of writers don't think enough about that and they think about the elaborate societies and the elaborate hierarchies and the elaborate structures of caste systems and all that stuff, but they don't think about the day-to-day minutia of their world. And I think that is just as important because, you know, if there's, you know, if water is super scarce and there's only one source and it's really far away and you have to go migrate to it, that's going to affect the story. So definitely think about the minutia, day-to-day basic infrastructure of your world. I think that's a really good place 
to start or definitely something to think about if you want to start with the society stuff because that's more interesting that's great but definitely don't disregard the basic in infrastructure of the world and how things work in that world and also you need to make sure that you are creating fictional versions if if you are creating fictional versions of real-life human ethnic groups, you need to make sure that they go beyond one dimension. I find that this is a really big problem in fantasy and science fiction, especially in classic fantasy and science fiction, is that authors sort of take from different cultures to create their worlds, which is fine, but then sometimes they create a culture and, it, and it's just flat. There's really no dimension to them and it's the same with characters so if you have a character of color or if you have a character that is lgbtq or you have a character that is different from you in some way then you need to make sure that that character has more than one dimension to them they have to be a real person and it's the same with culture and setting and world building you have to make sure that if you're creating a culture and it's different or pulling from real-life human ethnic groups that you make sure that it is rich and that it is whole and that it's not just one-dimensional. I think that is actually a very big problem in a lot of science fiction and fantasy with both character and setting. So just make sure that it has multiple dimensions, that there's the culture itself is believable, um, whether that is the culture that your character comes from or the culture that they're fighting against. I think both of them need to be believable. Both of them need to be whole. You need to really think about both of those cultures and not have one just be flat or one-dimensional. I think that, you know, if your fictional group represents a real-life group, then you need to worry about being true to life. I think that, you know, if you want to make up some random culture that doesn't exist or, you know, you want to make up something completely new, that's one thing. But if you're drawing from real life, then you need to make sure that you represent real life. Just changing a name or just, you know, doing one thing and then making everything else the same does not let you off the hook. And if you decide to represent different cultures in your work, I think that's a good thing, but you also have to be prepared for criticism from those cultures. If you're not a part of it and you're writing about it and you don't know as much about it, then you have to be prepared that if you get something wrong, those people may call you out and you have to be okay with that. You have to be prepared for that in your writing. So just make sure that when you're writing about different cultures, if you're not making them up from scratch uh, or, or characters, you know, that are part of a culture, you need to make sure that those cultures are not one dimensional, that they are whole, that they are well-rounded. And if you're pulling from real life to make sure that you stick to that as much as possible and that you do your research on those cultures and that you talk to people from those places so that you can make sure that you are getting it right. Because I think one of the biggest mistakes that a lot of writers make is getting that part wrong. And they'll write about a culture that isn't their own, and then they get really upset or offended when that culture calls them out for not being correct about something. So make sure that if you're going to write about a culture that isn't your own, that you do your research and that you understand that culture before you write about it. 
Another thing um, as far as world building goes is make sure that you create not just social groups, but also political and cultural and religious groups. Society has more than just one hierarchy. You know, it's not all about economics. There are lots of different groups in the world. So, you know, and, and everybody in one group doesn't always agree, you know, all black people don't agree about everything. All white people don't agree about everything. All Asian people, all Catholics don't agree about everything. All Muslims don't agree about everything. So, you know, all poor people don't agree. So make sure that when you're creating these different groups, one, that you have them, that you have cultural and political and social and religious groups, but also that, again, they're well-rounded and it's not, you know, you're not making to where, you know, every single person in this group all agrees about every single thing and holds exactly the same set of opinions and exactly the same set of values because that isn't true. That's not believable. And so, you know, make sure that, you know, you get when you get people that belong to one group together, you know, in real life, you get four people from one group together, whether it's cultural, whether it's, you know, social, whether it's political, whether it's religious, you get people together, those four people are going to have four very different viewpoints and they're going to have four different experiences and they're going to have four different opinions on that group, but also on other groups. So make sure that when you are telling your story, when you're world building, when you're thinking about your setting and when you're thinking about the people who are going to populate the setting, remember that not everyone always agrees. You know, you can create a religion, you can create a church, or you can create a political system. But you have to make sure that within those things that you're creating, within those groups, people don't just blindly follow, unless that's your story. Maybe they're all robots and they're clones or whatever, and they're just blindly following. Maybe that's part of the point. But most of the time, you want to make sure that to make those kinds of groups well-rounded, you ensure that the people that populate those groups are different. And so I think that's important to one, think about all these different groups instead of just thinking about a social or an economic hierarchy, make sure that you're thinking about religion, make sure that you're thinking about, you know, society, make sure that you're thinking about politics, make sure that you're thinking about cultures, make sure that you're thinking about all of these things, which are very important. And at the same time, when you're creating all of these different groups, again, going back to what I said before, make sure that if they're based off of real groups, that they're true to life. So I think that all of these things are really important. If you're writing fantasy, I think you need to spend a lot of time thinking about your magic system and how magic works in your world and what is needed to perform the magic. So in some magic systems, maybe there are spells that need to be performed. And so there's resources that you need to collect in order to execute those spells in some magic systems, spells and ingredients and those things aren't needed and you can just wave a wand and stuff happens. So you need to really think about your magic system. And then once you figure out how magic works, how that magic system affects, again, your day-to-day -day life in the world, how does that magic system affect your economy? How does that magic system affect culture? How does it affect religion? How does it affect politics? How does it affect your your hierarchy and your society? And I think that that's another thing that a lot of writers 
forget about or don't spend a lot of time on, you know, they'll build these elaborate magic systems, but they don't really think about how it affects things. So if you have, going back to our example before, if water is scarce and you have this one source of it that's really far away that people have to migrate to, what if you have a magician that is a water magician? How does that, you know, whose power comes from water or who can create water or whatever, how does that, how is that affected by the fact that there is no water in this world? Um, you know, the same with, you know, fire, for example, or, you know, if you have a magician, if you have a spell that can create water from nowhere, and how does that affect the society that doesn't have access to water? If you have a spell that can, you know, cut wood, how does that affect uh, loggers and people who work in those jobs in that world. So you have to understand how your magic system is going to affect the day-to-day lives and the economy and the jobs and things like that in your world. Because maybe if everyone has fire magic, then you don't really need wood. And if you don't need wood, then you don't need loggers. And do you need wood for other things? So these are all the things that you need to think about as well when you're creating your magic systems. And Finally, uh, you have to talk about your history and you have to invent a history that is actually makes sense and is logical. So, you know, real life has a lot of weird, odd quirks and happenstances and random things that happen that are kind of just weird, right? Because this is the real world. Um, So when you think about history, you need to make sure that it's not super logical, step-by-step, this happened and then it caused this to happen and then it caused this to happen and then it caused this to happen. Real history has weird happenstances in it. And so I think you have to think about that as well when you're thinking about the history of your world and doing world building. What are some of the weird one-off happenstances that happened in order to create the world that as it is right now that you're thinking about? And... Finally, I think using all of the senses and that's really important as well. You know, don't just talk about how your place looks. How does it feel? How does it smell? How does it taste? How does it, you know, what is it? What are all of the different tactical things in the world? And I think that using all of the different senses, including the sixth sense, whatever that is, magic, technology, depending on what you're writing, the same as with magic systems and fantasy. If you're writing science fiction, you need to fully understand your science system, whatever that is. And so I think that really, if you're going to introduce some kind of magic or some kind of insane technology, you have to fully account for how that impacts your society and how it changes your world. Um, Because you can't say that, oh, well, in my society, everybody can just, you know, have fire magic or everybody can just go invisible whenever they want to and everything else is the same. You've already failed because that's not true. If everybody can go invisible at will or everybody has fire magic or everybody has water magic or whatever the case is, that inherently will change the way our world works. So you can't say, well, it's the same as our world, except because that except makes that world different. So you really need to think about that when you're thinking about your magic systems, when you're thinking about your technology systems, really also think about how it's going to impact your world and impact your society. And that is all the time that I have for today. I can talk forever about world building. Come over to the store if you have any questions or if you want to talk to me about it. 
uh, I am happy to help as well. And again, my name is Candace Huber, and you've been listening to Novel Ideas on WRBH.